the word of the Lord from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This may be the most nuts and boltsy sermon of the year, but it's important to make sure that you've got the foundation right. We're going to spend the Wednesday evenings of Lent talking about what it means to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So before we get to that, we'd better figure out what the gospel is. The word gospel means good news, and it gets used in a bunch of different ways in the Bible. It can mean any old good news. So when a soldier tells King David that King Saul has been killed in battle, the news is called good news because Saul has been trying to kill David. As it turns out, it's not good news for the messenger. It's very bad news for him because he claims to have done the killing And so David strikes him down for raising his hand against the Lord's anointed. The word gospel can also mean a book of the Bible, like the gospel according to Matthew. Or it can mean a story of good news, like Mark 1 verse 1, which says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The gospel can sometimes refer to all of what the Lord teaches, both law and gospel. I know that this is not exciting stuff, but I'm telling you to make a point. When we talk about the importance of proclaiming the gospel, we want to be specific about what that means. We don't focus on any old gospel. For instance, we don't spend much time singing hymns rejoicing in Saul's death at the hands of the Philistines. When we speak of the gospel, we are specifically talking about the definition that St. Paul gives at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 15. He first describes this gospel as that in which you stand and by which you are being saved, which means that this message actually delivers salvation and keeps you alive in Christ. He then recites the content of the message that delivers salvation and keeps you alive. 
It is specifically the good news that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. There you go. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins, then rose again in accordance with the scriptures. That's the gospel we are given to speak and to hear and to rejoice in. That's the good news that keeps us alive. Now, if you're thinking that this is no surprise, that only gladdens my heart. See, various church bodies claim to proclaim the gospel, except that they've redefined what the gospel is. It's popular in the more liberal church bodies to redefine the gospel as something like, Jesus loves you. It's true that Jesus loves you, but that by itself is not the gospel because it doesn't mention either his death or the forgiveness of your sins. If all the church teaches as the gospel is Jesus loves you, then sinners won't hear that they need to repent of their sin. Either that or a bad conscience will make them think, if he really knew who I was, he wouldn't love me. It's likewise popular in some church bodies to define the gospel as Jesus died for the sins of the world. This also is true, but what they mean by that is that since Jesus has already paid the price, there's no need for you to be forgiven because sin doesn't matter anymore. The end is the same. Either people see no need for repentance, or else their consciences tell them that sin does matter, but the church has no forgiveness to give. That is not the gospel either. That's a far cry from the gospel. Now, rather than spend time throwing stones at them liberals out there, there are a couple of bad ideas that float closer to home. One is the idea that as long as I am talking about Jesus, I am speaking the gospel. If that is the case, if any talk about Jesus is the same as preaching the gospel, then you should find great comfort and life in the news that Jesus made a whip out of cords and drove the money changers out of the temple, or that he said, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Both of these statements are true about Jesus, but they are not comforting. The sinner who is convicted of his unrighteousness will hear these things about Jesus and say, Jesus would also drive me out and say, depart from me because of my sins. In fact, I'll go one step further and make the point that, properly speaking, it is not even the gospel to say that Jesus made the blind see and the deaf hear. These are part of his victory over sin, and so they are facets of the gospel. But by itself, this news is not the good news. See, if all a church does is teach that Jesus works miracles, then sinners are going to respond by thinking, I wonder how many good works I have to do before Jesus will work miracles for me. Either that or they'll think, because Jesus is not working miracles like that in my life, I must be lost and beyond hope. The other idea is that talking about evangelism is the same as speaking the gospel. There are sermons where the preacher spends 20 minutes talking about how much we need to spread the gospel to all nations, 
but he never actually says what the gospel is. This is like a wilderness guide spending 20 minutes telling you how important it is to give you the only route through the swamp of death so that you don't die, but he never actually tells you what the route is. If that's the steady diet in church, then people will think that Christianity is all about their work of spreading the gospel, which is apparently spreading the news that we should spread the news. If that's the case, then sinners will either grow smug because they're extroverts who like talking, or they'll despair because they're not spreading the news enough. Talking about spreading the good news does not get your sins forgiven. The good news forgives your sins. And then forgiven, you just might share that good news with somebody else. Now, I did say that this would probably be the most nuts and boltsy sermon of the year, but just to be clear, the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, became flesh and died on the cross to take away your sin. This means that if you're a sinner, you now have the hope of forgiveness, life, and salvation in Him. No matter the state of the world and no matter the readings of the day, as a people of God in this place, we return every time to the news of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins. The only reason we would want to move past this message is if we all stop sinning. Otherwise, we want to keep gathering around the gospel for the simple reason that we want to stay alive. And it's by this saving news that Christ keeps us alive. Christians are constantly tempted to wander away from the gospel or even to oppose it. You heard in Matthew 16 that when Jesus first shared this good news of salvation with his disciples, Peter's immediate response was to say, Far be it from you, O Lord, this shall never happen to you. We'll talk about many of the reasons why it's tempting to leave the gospel behind in the midweek services ahead, but keep this in mind. If we stop proclaiming this good news, you cease being forgiven. In that case, the indictment of Israel in our Old Testament lesson falls upon us. There are smoother things and entertaining illusions we could talk about instead. But then we have left the way, turned aside from the path, and we hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. May it never be. For thus said the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. For as long as you are in this world... You will be assaulted with temptation, sin, guilt, and shame, all designed to make you run away from God. So by His grace, return. Be gathered here. Rest in His grace. Confess your sins and hear this good news. In accordance with the Scriptures, Christ died for your sins. And if Christ has died and Christ is risen then you are forgiven for all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.